Welcome to the Black Shoe Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you? I'm pretty good. I think the uh, the bigger question is right now, how are you doing? A uh, tough night for you, huh? Yeah, we're, we're recording this at, uh, we're getting started here at Friday morning here, 1.51 a.m. Um, my my beloved North Carolina Tar Heels have suffered a, a setback to uh, to my, my not beloved, to say the least, uh, Duke Blue Devils. Um, Garrett, so it's uh, a rough... Garrett suffered a death in the family apparently tonight. So pretty much, we're gonna take it easy on him on this on this one. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've handled this loss better than most, um, but that's like not a high bar either. Um, but you know who didn't lose their big rivalry matchup this week, huh? Uh, probably Penn State wrestling because they haven't lost in over two years. That's the one. Uh nope. Well, well. Before we get into the Ohio State match, I think we have some big news of our own here uh, regarding Black Shoe Diaries uh, going forward in wrestling coverage. Yeah, uh, Garrett and I actually are going to both be in attendance um, next month in St. Louis for the national championships. Um, going to be credentialed down there, doing some some cool stuff, trying to get some some Facebook lives from. Um, Maybe in the arena we with work out check out From broadcast arena, rights there. Yeah. Check out broadcast rights there, but definitely do some podcasting in between sessions and uh, get some stuff up to you and uh, really get some good content out to you while Penn State goes for uh, yet another national championship. Yeah, it's it's really good. It, um, right now, our tentative plan is to to do uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Clay, but but to do some Facebook lives maybe in between sessions. Of the tournament during the day, and then and then bring you guys a podcast at night. Um, so there'll be a podcast every day. Um, there'll be one Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning, um, which would be nice um, for you guys. And then I'll be there a day earlier than Clay. Clay's getting Clay's not getting in until Thursday morning before wrestling. I'll be there Wednesday, so I'm gonna hopefully hop over to the open practice Wednesday night, uh, open to the media. Um, where I will uh, hopefully get some coverage and, and, and maybe get some quotes from uh, Coach Kale and the guys. So uh, Blackshoe Diaries really looking to step it up here, sending two guys um, to uh, to St. Louis. Yeah, I love you guys uh, so much, you ladies and gents. I'm going <laughs> to work until 2 a.m. the night before and then hop a red eye down to St. Louis to uh, get this coverage. But uh, as Garrett stated, I think we're both really, really excited about the opportunity and um, – not only to put out some good content, but um, to really take you firsthand kind of into some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on in NCAAs and behind the Penn State National Championship victory. Already calling it, yeah. Uh, I mean, for Clay, you know, not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, Clay's a real journalist. You know, he gets credentialed to cool stuff all the time. Uh, for me, this is my first ever big event I've ever been credentialed to, so it'll be pretty exciting, maybe a little intimidating at first, but... Uh, you know, I guess I'll kill him with kindness or something. I don't know. But, yeah, so that will be great. Uh, hopefully bring you coverage of what will be Penn State's sixth national championship in seven years down in St. Louis. Um, and, and NCAA is such a great experience that, you know, for those of you that, that, that couldn't make the trip uh, for whatever reason, uh, we're going to look to bring as much uh, of the tournament to you as we can. Yeah, so that should be a fun event. Um Getting back to this week, uh, like we talked about, Penn State, big duel against Ohio State. Um, 
went to the Schottenstein Center in front of 15,000 Ohio State fans and whipped that behind. Came out with a 33-12 victory, right? Yeah, and let me just say now that I made a, like I was going back and forth on going to this match. I had a chance to go at the last minute, kind of like a day before, decided not to, and boy, am I glad I didn't because, ugh, Tom Ryan, ugh, you, he's on he's on the naughty list. Yeah, we'll uh, touch on that one a bit later, but uh, I'm sure more than a few Ohio State fans were not only upset with the way this duel turned out, but um, some of the things that went down during the duel. Well, I mean, I mean, how bad can it be to watch Jason Nolf wrestle in person? Uh, if you're Anthony DiCarlo, I'm sure it was real bad. If you looked at the look on his face as he was getting pinned. <laughs> we almost choked him out, so <laughs> it's not, that's not good. But uh, started off at 125, Penn State really has whew, a heck of a tone setter right now in Nick Seriano, don't they? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, and he goes up against, you know, uh, a Rodriguez kid from Ohio State who early in the season really looked like a threat to All-American in that mid to low All-American range. Uh, right now he looks like a kid who, if he went off just the last month of the season, would probably not make the NCAA, like would probably not get the Big Ten an extra bid at that weight. I mean, he has really struggled. Not to take anything away from Nick's performance, uh, which was fantastic. But, you know, this isn't the same Jose Rodriguez we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, um, J-Rod probably did enough early in the season to get himself an AQ spot, and I think that'll be the case. And I'm not even necessarily sure that he's going to need one. We'll see what happens. But um, I don't know whether it's a a, a health issue with him. Um, I know he... Um, they, they forfeited out a match this past Monday at home against Rutgers at 125. So he's clearly dealing with some health issues there, but um, well, has just not, not been mean, the same wrestler for a large part of the back half of the season. I know it might seem like I always go back to this, but, I mean, he's a bigger 125, like, in terms of his body structure. Like, I mean, could he could he be struggling with the cut? I think it's definitely possible. I think I think the cut could have something to do with it. I think um, there's definitely an injury there to some extent, whether it's a serious one that's been causing all this. But if, if they're forfeiting out matches, I think that's more than a cut. But um, Suriano really just I mean, had no regard for whether he was dealing with a cut or dealing with an injury. Suriano <laughs> don't care, baby. He put it on him. 19-4 to tech fall. Uh, got the last uh, set of back points kind of as time was expiring, working for working for the fall. I actually thought it was a heck of a job for Rodriguez not to get pinned because that looked uh, like a hell of a lot of pain that he was in there. Um, yeah. But just I, a, a really great, great showing again from Nick, and you can't say enough about him. I feel like we say the same things each week. I know you and I, one of our favorite things to do during matches is um, – whether it's my mom or your dad to tell each other like the text messages that are being sent to us during the match because you know like they're they're fans but a lot more casual than us so like their point of view can be amusing and I know my mom texted me during this match and was like he's only a freshman question mark question mark question mark and occasionally like, I'll get the man. occasionally I'll get the uh, wow that kid's really good text normally in in. Uh, in reference to a Penn State wrestler, which which my casual response is typically just, yes, yes he is. And uh, that definitely applies for Nick Suriano. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, so good job for Nick. And at the time, you know, you don't know how the match is going to play out. And that, you know, he gets the tech fall at the end. And, like, at the time, you're thinking that might be a big point. So good job for Nick of working to get that extra point, um, which didn't matter in this duel, but is nice to see. And at NCAAs. I mean, obviously, he's going to work for NCAAs no matter what. But you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Good job, Nick. Yeah, should, should that matter at some point, it's nice to see him have that mindset yeah. where he's going out to score. He's improved. I think he's improved in that over the season, too. Yeah, I think we had a, n- a number of times. Uh, he's definitely working those turns a little bit better. But um, we had a number of times early season where it's like he came up one point short of a major decision or a tech fall. And, again, I don't think anybody really had a harsh criticism on him because he was, what, five, ten matches into his college career. And like Dick Seriano has done throughout his career in high school and, again, throughout his time here, he just continues to improve. Yeah, he's he's something. Let's go to another match here where a Penn State kid uh, kind of gets Penn State a team point, but in a different way. And that's George Carpenter uh, not getting pinned by, uh, by what, what do they call Mighty Mouse or something? Something like that for Nathan Tomasello? For NATO, I believe it is. Sort of, I yeah, just think like he looks like, too. I mean, I just think he looks like a chipmunk that's kind of thrown on some steroids. He's a massive five-foot-nothing 133-pound guy. Um, but I actually thought the stylistically this would work out pretty well for Carpenter in terms of avoiding giving up that extra team point because Nato doesn't tilt necessarily as well as oh, yeah. a, a guy like a Montoya or, or even a Corey Clark. He's just I think he, he's probably the best wrestler from neutral in the country at 133. Um, but couldn't, couldn't get Carpenter over here other than a couple of cheap tilts. And uh, good job by George of staying off of his back and uh, saving himself a team point and saving the team a team point. Good job, George. Yeah, good job, George. Uh, that's all we're gonna say about that. But uh, so that, that that brought the team score to five five. But I think I texted you at the time or someone. I said I said Penn State plus two in this because you know it was a commercial break. Like Penn State plus two in this cycle because you get one one point more than you kind of expected at one twenty five and. Ohio State gets one less point than they wanted to get at 133. So that was like a good opening uh, salvo of the match. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, uh, that sentiment. So we go to 141, and a kid who is slowly becoming my favorite wrestler on the team, I know at the beginning of the season, I swore in this podcast, I was going to be level-headed about him the whole season. I couldn't stay true to my promise. Jimbo Gulaban, get it done. Once again, uh, really a great run of form here for Jimmy. I believe, if, if my thinking is correct, that that's four consecutive ranked, ranked wins in four duels yes. for Jimmy Golovan. I believe so. that started with uh, Tommy Thorne of Minnesota. I believe yeah, that it then, went, it then went Cole Martin, I believe, actually, of, or, of no. It was Tommy Thorne, Topher Carton... And then Pletcher, he had somebody else in there. He had Cole Martin of Wisconsin. Yeah, was he, was he ranked? Yep, yeah, yes he was. He was. Yeah. That's four straight yeah, yeah. victories for Jimmy. And this one was perhaps the most impressive. I, th- I think Pletcher is probably the best of those four wrestlers. Um, well, and I also thought that... about it was how he, he won, though, too. Well, yeah. You know... All, Lately, I guess in the cart the, the, the car match is an exception. So maybe it's not a bigger trend, but at least in the last couple matches since the 
card match, he was getting out early and often. You know, he was wrestling from ahead, getting early takedowns. In this match, he gives up the first takedown. You know, maybe in past, uh, you know, editions of Jimmy, he might put his head down and, you know, uh, sulk the rest of the way through the match. You know, really not get to his stuff. But, you know, he stayed on his offense, true to form. And then at the end, he plays some really good defense. And in the past, I've seen, well, not just me, but we've all seen, uh, you know, Jimmy give up some late takedowns in matches that have cost him some matches. And in this match, he really played good defense the last uh, minute or so of the match and, and held on for a good win. And really a match that, that could simulate, uh, you know, a Thursday night match at NCAAs where, where where he lost last year. Yeah, and I, as you said, that was one of the more impressive things to me was he got behind early on a takedown that wasn't a takedown. Um, I'm a little annoyed yeah, oh, yeah, that, that, was so bad. That, that didn't um, review that. Um, for those of you who know the rule, in, a, it, in, in a rear standing position, you, you, there's no reaction time. So, so should a hand go down at some point, which Jimmy's did, and you, and you get behind him in a rear standing position, it's it's two. But Pletcher, at least from my view, never actually got behind Gulliver. I think he was at, at his hip for most of the time. Yeah, he was from the before side. Before Jimmy turned to face, and it meant nothing to Jimmy, who just went back to work. Got to that, uh, got to that high C with the head outside. Was able to double off and get the two, and then got two. Uh, he got the two and rode out the period, I believe. Actually, I mean, I can see why um, why the coaches didn't challenge because it's so early in the duel and it was early in the match too. So, like, I mean, odds are that there there could be a a bigger call later in the match. But yeah, I mean, really good from Jimbo here. Uh, he really looks good. Uh, well, maybe not look good like in terms of his hair and stuff, but like really wrestling good. <laughs> I think it also uh, says something to uh, what the coaches think of Golovan how he's wrestling right now that they didn't challenge. And maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but the no, fact that no, they were confident. I, I agree. The fact that they were confident enough that even giving up a takedown that may not have been that he was going to come back and win yeah. that match says a lot about where they think he is right now mentally, which is pretty cool to see for – a kid that, for all his ups and downs, deserves it as much as anybody. So, I, I hope to I, see him have some continued success as we as we yeah. get into tournament season. I know, looking ahead a little bit here, but I'm really excited to watch. I'm really excited to see him wrestle Dean Heil. Um, let's go to 149. Um, Zane Redford against Micah Jordan. Though, if you go on the Penn State website, it's Michael Jordan. M I C H A L. Uh, we all make mistakes. Um, uh, yeah, Zane with a rough start here. My mom texted me. She said, uh, uh, "She said, uh oh." And like in the first period, because uh, Zane wasn't looking good, and I was like, "He'll be fine." And sure enough, he was. Though I think you texted me and was like, "Is Zane broke?" I think that I think those were your words. I was. I, I guess I, I'm silly for worrying about Zane Rutherford. I mean, the, the, looking back on it, that sounds so, so, so stupid right. in he hindsight. But, but he didn't look that good the first period. So You kind of wondered whether he was maybe dealing with an injury that uh, after the match with, with Sorensen, gave up the first takedown in Jordan and got ridden for 30, 40 seconds before he got out. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, cut the crap. I'm better than all of you by a lot. Um, and he just put it on Micah Jordan, particularly in the late first and second with some of those some of those turns. 
where Michael Jordan was just like, okay, you can you can get me off the mat now. Yeah, yeah, not a good experience for Micah. I, uh, I don't know who it was, but I, I, I remember seeing fl- some major publication got flack on Twitter that they called, they, they said, like, Micah was competitive with him. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean. Uh, that was maybe that. the most competitive 20 to 5 match I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, but like, I, I don't think you can describe, like, a technical fall competitive. Like, a pin, like, if you get pinned and it was, like, a good match, like, Ryan Price got pinned by Mark Hall. He was more than competitive with Mark Hall. Like, you can't possibly be like, he was competitive with him, but he lost by 15 points. Like, that's, what? That, that's like, no. Yeah, it was, it's a bit strange. Um, back, nice, nice to see Zane back being Zane, and my fears yeah. are assuaged. Yeah, so that brought the score to, um, what? 13-5 uh, to five at that five, point. 13-5, yep. And Jason Nolf. Um, Clay, let's play a game, a different game. Where was Jake Ryan? <laughs> Jake Ryan was uh, chilling and uh, maxing and relaxing all cool out in this corner while poor Anthony DiCarlo touched his foot to his head, which was pretty impressive. Um, I don't know that it was by choice, but he's very flexible. It was by, I mean, it was that, by someone's choice. I've never seen somebody lock up a cradle the way that Jason Nolf did that. Um, it was almost potentially dangerous. Um, the way that DeCarlo's knee was facing. His, his knee was almost to his dome. Um, yeah, no, yeah. But Nolf picked up the fall in 136 here over a clearly outmatched DeCarlo, who's, for those of you who have not seen the match, try to go back and find the match because the look on this poor kid's face as he's getting cradled and... Maybe almost choked yeah. out, and just it was the most helpless. He, I thought Jason Dahl put the fear of God in that poor kid because he looked like he was gonna die. I just hope I'm as good of a father as Tom Ryan is that I can I can get my kids out of danger whenever you know it's on the horizon. Yeah, I think actually, uh, to to be fair, I believe that Ryan again didn't wrestle on Monday against John Van Brill of Rutgers. Um, it didn't end up much better for Anthony DiCarlo. He didn't get pinned. Um, but DiCarlo definitely uh, took one for the team here. Well, and, like, I remember you telling me, like, you needed a quick match because, like, you needed to go somewhere. And I, I, I think I told you, like, oh, yeah, Nolf will probably play with him. And, nope, he did not. He played with him just very, very quickly. In the way that, like, yes. my, my sister has a small pit bull and he plays with his toys before destroying them. But it's like... Yes. For 30 seconds. That's kind of what Jason Nolf did with Anthony DiCarlo in this match. And you say, like, maybe it's a learning experience for DiCarlo, but if I go out and play basketball against some five-year-olds and dunk on a seven-foot rim, are those kids really learning anything? Yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, All right, so at halftime here, um, week 19 to 5, which brings us to a new feature – uh, of the show that I'm just inventing right now, and we'll get rid of after this to bust on Tom Ryan. It's going to be the the uh, Garrett Carr quote of the match, and it's going to come from Tom Ryan, who intermission said that the first half of the match was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you uh, kind of hard to put it any other way. Yes, I mean you you uh, probably uh, think they're guaranteed 
a minimum of four points from those first five matches and a maximum of like maybe nine. And they didn't come very close to the nine. No, and they gave up too many too. I mean, they would have liked to only give up like 12 points there. They gave up 19 instead. But work well for Penn State. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was great fun for me. <laughs> it's it great. Uh, let's go to 165 coming out of the break. Um, Vincento Joseph with a really impressive major decision against Cody Bircher, who, to be honest, isn't great, but is also kind of hard to bonus. So, like, impressive win to make it 11 11 yeah. one there. I'm For those of you who follow, like, um, baseball or advanced statistics, there's what's called um, replacement level players, which are like the average player that you could find to pick up to replace. The player that you have in your lineup, Cody Bircher is the wrestling equivalent of a replacement level wrestler, where he's just kind of he's the mean of of all Division One wrestlers. So, yeah. I think this was a, a probably a pretty impressive performance by uh, Chenda to pick up the major and pretty comfortably against a solid guy in Bircher. I was going to name a, a former Penn State wrestler as a repla- like the R version of replacement level. Would he be like the Garrett player. would he be the Garrett Hammond of Ohio State? Oh you nailed it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. How did you know that? Like, like, the, the, that was not planned by the way. That's a fantastic, fantastic equivalency for Cody Bircher at one sixty five. <laughs> Like, different styles, though, right? Because, like, Garrett can, like, attack against, like, kids that aren't good. But, like, yeah, no. I don't want to slay. I mean, Garrett's a good kid and a decent wrestler. Drexel's finest. What? Drexel's finest. That's right. Drexel Dragon. And he went to Chambersburg High, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, I'm pulling it. I'm good. I'm good tonight. Yeah. No, uh, (laughs) that's so funny that that's exactly who we thought of. We had a, uh... No, not to move on too quickly, but uh, got our marquee match up there, 174, don't we? Oh, my goodness. Don't even get me started. Would you like to expound on the match that everybody came to see in this one? Um, Mark well, Hall I... wrestling the number one wrestler in the country in Justin Krosevic for Ohio State. Well, let's put this An Instagram post... By um, by uh, by Bo Jordan's wife was brought to my attention by a friend. Where she, uh, I guess she had captioned it, uh, and it's now deleted. But I guess she had captioned it like, uh, "Here to watch Uncle Micah wrestle," because of course uh, Micah is uh, is obviously you know a, a, an, an uncle to Bo and his wife's kids. And like all these people had commented, like, "Why didn't Bo wrestle?" Like <laughs> on, on her on this poor girl's. Uh, Instagram post, and I want to know the same question: Why did Bo not wrestle? So, um, for those of you who don't know, obviously, um, Bo Jordan, number one wrestler in the country, um, consensus number one wrestler in the country, I believe, at 174 pounds, um, wrestled now nine matches, I believe, all season, dealing with some injuries on and off. Um, went wrestled. Uh, earned a, I believe, a 3-2 victory just a week before this duel against Iowa's Alex Meyer, who's actually beaten Mark Hall. Um, apparently, the rumor is that that Jordan, that Jordan injury um, 
flared up. It, it was actually, I believe, a toe injury that became an ankle injury. Um, you tell me. Um, and Jordan actually weighed in for this match. So a lot of people kind of thought that maybe that match would happen, but um, not so much, which is pretty funny for Tom Ryan, who's been campaigning, th- was campaigning throughout the week for a, a sellout to this one. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and he's also been campaigning for years about a national duels tournament, too, that du- duels are important and stuff. My issue, uh, Which, I, my issues yeah. come on a number of fronts here. Um, first off, if he's not healthy, which is he very might, may well not be healthy and not well, be able him, to wrestle. Like, don't weigh him in. Don't weigh him in. You you know that far before weigh-ins for this duel. So do not sell to your fans. Do not bait and switch your fans. That's that's disappointing. It's sad. It's not good for the sport. It's upsetting to a lot of people who paid a good amount of money to see this duel or to come to this duel. It is a farce, really, that that Bo Jordan weighed in for this for this match. Well, especially in a match like this, where you know this isn't where they uh, where they normally wrestle, and a lot of fans bought like tickets like just to watch like this match special occasion. It's different if it's like a red call where like listen, like six thousand people are showing up whether we're wrestling Iowa or Maryland, no matter what. But, like, people, like, bought money, or, like, bought money. People, like, paid money specifically to watch this match. Like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It's just, like, my issue with it, like, if he's hurt, he's hurt. It's fine, whatever. And, like, if you don't want to, like, tell Penn State he's not going to wrestle, I get that too. But, like, my issue with is that it's past the point where you can give Tom Ryan the benefit of the doubt with some of the games he's played. And it's really hypocritical for him to be the one of talking about, you know, how duels are so great. We need to emphasize duels. And then he gets 15,000 people to show up for a well, duel meet and, 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 and throws two backups to the Wolves. I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head in terms of you're able to buy up equity as a coach in your decisions. Should you be truthful beforehand? But this is not the first time over a number of seasons for, for Tom Ryan where – Guys have suddenly picked up injuries that we know nothing about, and then they're back in the lineup a week later and maybe missed a high-ranking guy that could have affected their seating. And maybe Bo, Nick, or Bo Jordan was injured, but Tom Ryan hasn't bought up enough equity to be able to say that we need to believe him, especially to the point where he said, argued again and again about how duels have not mattered much and need to matter more, you can't send the message that duels need to matter more and then tell your fans that duels don't matter by keeping guys out as much as you do. And I agree with his sentiment about duels. I love duels. Like, right now, it's the PIAA team duels. Like, I'm glued to my computer. I love duels. But, like, he's got to put his money where his mouth is. And right now, like, on injuries, he... He's the boy who cried wolf, essentially. Like, I don't know. Like, I I can't trust him. So, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, it's just a, a very frustrating situation. However. Well, and, Mar- and Kale was frustrated, too, post-match. He should be. It's a guy, it's I mean, a chance for his, his it's, cha- it's a chance for his kid to get an opportunity to wrestle a, a elite-level wrestler, and it's a chance gone. And it's not good yeah, for the sport. I mean, I mean, he doesn't get fired up about much, but he, he, he wasn't happy about that. Well, but Justin Chris- does, 
Yeah. Uh, as you were going to say, Justin Grosevich here uh, kind of paid the price. Like, um, like, do you think, like, do you think Bo and Jake Ryan like took their backups out to, out to dinner at least? I would hope so. I, at least Bo. Like, I mean, like, Bo's Bo, 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 probably doing okay for himself. Buy, buy, buy poor Krasevic a nice steak because he was getting beaten down in the first period with a number of takedowns. And then in the second period, Mark goes front headlock into a... <laughs> let me clarify here. Into a gator roll that was not a cement mixer. <laughs> into a gator roll for the pin at the uh, 521 mark. But uh, Mark really went out and put it on a show, so... At least the Ohio State fans have somebody to root for and believe in. Isn't uh, Krasevich a natural 165 pounder? I think, anyways. He is. Was it was up from from 165? I believe weighed in around 170 or so, or maybe less. So, so I mean, he could. Af- so, so I mean, he, he could afford the steak. I mean, yeah. I mean, heck, Bojo like Bojo can take him to a buffet and let him eat. I mean, he can do it. But uh, yeah, so Mark won. Good job. 29 to five, and the duel's over at this point. Thanks for coming, Ohio State. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't. Um, um, I, I would have been furious, honestly. Um, all right, let's go to 184. Uh, Bo Nico against Miles Martin. If you, if you forgot, which if you're listening to this podcast, how did you forget? Um, these guys wrestled last year in the national championship nope, match. Nope, didn't after, happen. After, <laughs> no, I, was, I saw it with my own eyes. I was, I was there. Um, uh, at Bo lost somehow. Making it up. Um, no, not an alternative fact. Real news. Um, after beating him three times in the regular season, increasingly worse and worse. Um, yeah, Bo dominated this match. I'm, as I wrote in my wrap-up, like it's really a mystery to me how Miles Martin ever beat Bo in a wrestling match. I, I don't get it. And Miles y'all, y'all want to hear me get really angry over Bo Nickel winning a match? The match um, that Bo Nickel wrestled on, the match that Bo Nickel wrestled on Friday, was the match that Bo Nickel should have wrestled last oh, March. The match that Bo Nickel decided he was going to wrestle in the national championship match was the match that Bo Nickel should have wrestled in the meaningless match at 184 in this duel. Yeah. Yeah. Try to go for a big throw. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was with listen. I was with Bo after that loss. Like, no one took it harder than Bo, so I don't want to like beat up. I just, I just don't know how he ever lost to him, but he did. Uh, but he did not this time. Uh, Eight to nickel over Miles Martin. Uh, yeah, uh, that brings Take, it to thirty-two to five. Takedowns at the end of all three periods there too for Bo. So uh, nice timing there. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Bo. Um, well, I think he was like looking for like honestly, I think he was looking for throws the whole match. Like, I think he was looking for a big move the whole match, but he knew. I mean, he knew he 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 could get you know takedowns when he wanted, so he was looking for big moves for the 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 meat of most periods, and then at the end was you know getting takedowns. But I don't know. Um, all right, let's go to one ninety seven where. Um, Pat Donkey made another mistake here and said Colin Moore's ranked number fifty four. <laughs> Uh, if there are fifty, if there are fifty-three wrestlers at one ninety-seven, better than Colin Moore, than Clay's prediction of Matt McCutcheon wrestling in the NCAA semifinals is not coming true. Yeah, um, Colin Moore is really, really, really good, and that's kind of yeah, uh, fifty-four is about a bit of a stretch. I don't know that I call him a bubble team. Um, yeah, but uh, 
we have differing opinions here on on the match that McCutcheon wrestled. But um, I'm well, sure I think ma- he wrestled bad. I, I'm sure many of you have listened to this. I think on his feet, Colin Moore is the second best wrestler in this weight class, other than Jaden Cox. He's just it, he's yeah, a bull in a china shop. He's a bull in a china shop. Disinterested, he's the best. And I don't know whether it's. I mean, he's a really obviously a really good athlete at 197. I think he fits perfectly at the weight class in terms of. Um, height and weight, he just looks very filled out without being kind of overly blown up. Um, training with the best 97 kilogram wrestler in the world probably doesn't hurt, but um, Moore's power double is. I think Kale said before the match he's yeah. got one, he's got one shot and and we need to stop it, but um, not many guys have done that all season, including Jaden Cox, who was taken down twice by Moore. Yeah, I mean. He drove McCutcheon right across the mat. I think that's as good as McCutcheon can wrestle. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we were sitting the, – the only time that I, I felt frustrated by something in this match was Matt not being able to get out in the last 20 seconds or so, 30 seconds or so um, of the second period, which really decided the match. I ended up with 9-6 match yeah, no, that kind of with, screwed, with yeah. a, a late takedown that was really just given um, – with Matt getting sloppy trying to get get after two points he needed, but um, what's the thing? I, like he has no like, I and I, I feel bad because like, I mean, I mean you know Matt better than I do, but like I mean, I, I mean it's it, it's our job, so we'll say it. Like he's got no offense from neutral, none. Well, I think he's got less up at up at one ninety seven because he definitely he had offense. I mean, we watched yeah. him. If you watched the Dudley match last year, it's not like Dudley was coming forward regularly. He got he got in on three or four low singles. Um, you saw it with Zavatsky where he had a couple in the first period. I mean, you, you saw it at, mean, time, at times at one eighty four. If it's an issue of he, but if it's an issue of he can't carry the weight, I would almost rather see him lose five pounds right now going to NCAA because it's not like the extra weight's helping him ride any of these elite guys any better. Mm. Or, uh, it's not, I mean, it's not. He, well, like, I, I think he, it's less of an issue of him not being able to carry the weight and more of an issue of getting trapped under a guy at 184. You can work your way through those scrambles. Getting trapped under a guy at 197 is a little bit tougher when guys put all their weight on you. Especially, I mean, yeah, but, with, with that forward pressure. And I think that's where you're seeing him... A little more hesitant, and yes, his upside at one ninety seven is not what it is at one eighty four, which is why he came into the season trying to wrestle one eighty four. Unfortunately, he wrestled against maybe the best wrestler in the country at one eighty four in Bo Nickel. We'll see that. Obviously, that's a bit contentious. Um, but the match that he wrestled against Moore, I thought it was a smart match. I think you want if you're going to beat Colin Moore, if look at the way that Brett Farr did it you let him beat himself. And in the first two periods, he did it twice. I mean, he he had a lead midway through the second period um, I mean, off of two, I thought, pretty good counter shots. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we argue about this privately all the time, but, I mean, he did all right. You think he's going to All-American. I don't. Um... 
Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, all right, we'll go to 285. Uh, Kyle Snyder, Clay, probably going to All-American. Um, I think maybe you're looking at a blood round guy. Um, yep. The Snyder kid's a little undersized. Um, still getting used to the style. Uh, I think he might have issues getting out from bottom against um, some of the bigger heavyweights, but um, he's really looked good, I thought, in this match. Um, decent little low single. Solid wrestler. <laughs> um, good little ankle pick. Yeah, he's good. He's really, yeah. really, really, really good. Mrs. Carr gave Kyle Snyder, in all caps, the word beast. Um, similarly, I, I heard from my father that night who knew Kyle Snyder was an Olympic champion, and he goes, geez, OSU's heavyweight's really good. And again, my response was, yeah, he's I." Um, what you think Nick did wrong in this match? Because I don't know that there necessarily was anything that he could change. Unless he suddenly I don't think becomes... Nick wrestled super great. I don't think Nick wrestled super great. I don't think it was his best match, but I just, I mean, unless he all of a sudden gets much quicker and much more athletic, it's just, what do you, where do you start? I mean, I, we talked about this off air. I just watched Kyle Snyder tech and pin his way through Uregan in yeah, Russia against good. the best 213-pound wrestler wrestlers in the world. Wanda would have Wanda would be a fascinating match in like a wrestling video game simulation. I'm all Tony, here for it. Or, Tony Nelson versus Kyle Snyder. Um, in the sense that we would get to see Tony Nelson get taken down a lot, or I don't know if he would. Nelson's so big. I, I just I think Snyder's so 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 much. He's so much quicker that I think he'd be able to get behind him and get low. I, I, I don't know that I mean, he'd be able so to defend those picks. to get behind. I don't know, dude. I don't but, think uh, he's that, like, I, you, I don't know. And, like, I think Snyder could struggle on bottom, too. What I would love to see is how Snyder does in the room against Turval Delognev, who's been the heavyweight representative for the U.S. for the better part of the last six, eight years or so. Well, it's a different um, style, though. You don't have to go underneath. Yeah, clearly, but um, I I don't know. I think it'd be interesting, but um, I'd love to see Snyder and Gwiz again. Um, I'm very excited about, for those of you who are international wrestling fans, the prospects of seeing Snyder against uh, Abdul Rashid Shadjulayev of Russia, who's going to probably be coming up at some point to 97 kilograms, was the 86-kilogram world, er, world Olympic champion. Um, similarly, only 20, 21 years old. So I'm kind of salivating at that prospect. Could, could or could not be on steroids. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the thing they do in Russia. Um, like, I don't know. Okay, yeah, we'll move on. We can have this argument another day about Snyder against a, a, a good big guy. Um, all right, so Penn State wins 32-12. Good job, everybody. Um. Yeah, really can't complain about going into Schottenstein and beating who I thought might be the, the toughest dual opponent they would face this season, including Oklahoma State. I mean, it still might be. Um, things, still change, might be. things change, I think, with, with some guys in and out of lineups. Um, but, yeah, that was a pretty comprehensive victory. I mean, the best they could hope for, if 
Like, let's say Bojo comes out and pins Markov, which, uh, I, like, I don't know if Mark's been pinned in 10 years, but, like, let, let's just say it happens, whatever. Um, like, that's only a, like, Penn State still wins by 10 points. Or yeah, by, I, I, no, sorry, I think, eight points. Eight I points. think that you may see, you're going to see less bonus, I think, against Oklahoma State, which we'll, we'll touch on when we get around to that episode, but. It was definitely a, I mean, Penn State has passed their two toughest tests of the season in Iowa and Ohio State and done so with flying colors. Yes. All right, let's move on to this weekend because we're kind of running out of time here, so we're going to fly through these matches, one of which is against Maryland, who I was looking at earlier today, and I was like, holy cow, these guys are awful. Um, though I seem to have lost my match notes. Um, but... Uh, Clay, give us the rundown on Illinois. Um, been a really, really solid season for Illinois. Who, I mean, how many times can you say that Illinois trots out a solid lineup? It seems like every season they're they're kind of right there. Uh, five and two in the Big Ten right now. Eight and two overall. Um, coming into to recall with, I believe it's eight ranked guys. Seven seven ranked guys. I'm looking at now. Um. Obviously led by number one Isaiah Martinez at 165, number six Zane Richards at 133. Um, could be an interesting matchup. I, I think it'll definitely be a duel that presents some guys with some trouble. And there's some interesting matchups that I'm individual matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, Soriano should should run through 125 with Piotrkowski and Richards should run through 133. Um, up at 141, Jimmy Goldman's going to have, hopefully, a nice little easy weekend before he meets up with Dean Heil. Um, he's going to face Musa Joda, who has a losing record overall at 11-13. I believe a losing record in the Big Ten. And poor Eric Barone is a freshman out of Illinois who I actually think is a pretty solid wrestler getting thrown out at 149. Uh, 157, you're looking at Illinois' Kyle Langendurfer who's had a really nice season at 20-4. And, four. and um, it's going to be 20-5 and five after Friday. Uh, squares off with Jason Nolf. <laughs> um, 165. Yes. 165's the marquee matchup. I mean, 165 and yeah. 174 are where, where you're looking. Vincenzo who's Joseph. The last kid, who's the last kid that's going to get as negative of reception in rec hall as Isaiah Martinez is going to get tomorrow? Oof, it's gonna be, it's gonna be loud and probably pretty mean, and he is gonna play it up because the man is a showman. I hope um, Nolf runs out in the mad. I hope Nolf runs out in the mad WWE style and pins him again. <laughs> I so. think we're probably gonna see uh, Chenzo get, get a shot here, his first shot here at Martinez. The two, in all likelihood, will meet again. Um, in the Big Ten semifinals right now with the way seeding looks. But um, how do you see this match playing out? I, th- I think you're a little um, more optimistic here than I am. It's actually kind of funny because I used to be a big Imar stand back in the day. I used to love Imar back in his freshman year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of don't think Imar's that great anymore. Yeah, I think Senzo can beat him. This is where we differ. I think um, you've seen Martinez's bonus rate drop at 165. 
Um, one of the things he had a huge advantage with uh, at 157, particularly his first year, he had the gas tank to go with it. Not so much last year when he was struggling a bit with weight, but at 157, he's just strong as an ox. And at 165, yeah, he's at 165, he's still ridiculously strong, but you had another strong guy in front of you, especially, I mean, you watched the match, the Midlands final against Chad Walsh and Ryder, where he came really close to getting put on his back and giving up points. I thought he should have given up. Well, he... Given up two he, back I mean, points. He gets up his back a lot. That's, like, not, like, a straight, like... I mean, like, like, he's been thrown to his back like well, multiple times. He's got that really funky little handstand, headstand type roll that he was getting out from bottom, and it works because apparently his neck is made of steel. Um, yeah. But he, he's got that roll really where he gives him gives his back up and is willing to put his head down on the mat to to get out. And it's not it's not necessarily Granby. I don't know what I. It's just a little funk roll, but. Um, I think Chenzo could, I mean, his best chance here is maybe looking to catch him on his back. If Chenzo can get a four count in there, or get a five count, get, get, get a full set of backs, then maybe we're cooking with gas. Otherwise, I have, I mean, a little concerns about his ability to score. Um, Martinez did not allow t- or Logan Massa to get the legs at all, which I think is hugely impressive. But, um... I, I think Chenzo may have his work cut out for him in this one. I mean, I don't, I don't think the margin of victory will be large. Oh, I'm not picking him to for, win. I'm for, just saying for Martinez. I, I don't think the margin of victory will be large, but I, I think maybe you're looking at like a three-and-a-half point, three-and-a-half point probably favorite for Isaiah Martinez. Not fair enough. Um, really interesting matchup up another way at Mark Hall. As at one seventy four, as Mark Hall takes on um, Zach Brunson of Illinois. Brunson before okay, this sounds really silly because he got pinned twice, but before he got pinned against Bo Jordan or Bo Nickel at one seventy four last year, Brunson was right there for about two and a half periods. Yeah, he was. Actually. Um, twenty five and four, twenty four and five on the year. Not as strong as year as he had last year, where I believe he only had one loss, maybe no losses going into that matchup with Nickel, but um. I think he presents a, a serious, serious threat to Mark just in terms of his style. That was a weird duel last year. I just wanted to make that comment. But no, Mark's going to beat him pretty easily. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I think you're, it'll be... I'll be really, really bullish on Mark. I mean, maybe more so than I am now. If he can put a good gap, if he can put five or six points... Between he and Brunson, I uh, mean, maybe even more, because Brunson's just, major. Uh, Brunson's a really solid guy. If he can come out with a six point or more victory against Brunson, I'm I'm gonna be pretty damn annoying when it comes to to how positive I am regarding Mark Hall. All right, let's go to 184. Emery Parker, uh, 24 and four, ranked number 12 by Intermat. He'll be 24 and five when he leaves. Um, uh, 197, Andre Lee, uh, not great. Um, a good way for McCutcheon to get back on the winning train. At 285, Brooks Black, the Dover PA product from Blair Academy, everyone's least favorite heavyweight. Uh, expect Neville to get it done there. Yeah, Brooks Black is a really, really giant human being, but he's nowhere near as athletic as Nick Neville's, who is similarly pretty giant. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if Neville's puts a good uh, a good gap between he and uh, he and Black. All right, so let me go down to score this bout. Uh, One twenty-five. Uh, Auto in red call. I say he gets the fall. Uh, six nothing over Petrowski. Richards, um, pretty good on top. Um, probably gets the fall um, over Carpenter. Six six. Musa Joda loses by major decision to Jimmy Gould on ten to six. Aaron. Uh, Eric Barone gets pinned by uh, Zane Rutherford, 16-6 Penn State. Kyle Langendurfer gets pinned by Jason Nolf, 22-6 Penn State at the break. Isaiah Martinez with a decision over uh, Vincenzo Joseph, 22-9. Zach Brunson loses by major decision to Mark Hall, 26-9. Emery Parker uh, pinned by Bo Nickel, 32-9. Andre Lee loses by decision to Matt McCutcheon, 35-9. Brooks Black loses by decision to Nick Neville's 38-9. You got 38-9. Run down the lineup here quickly. I think I have uh, Suriano by Tech Fall over Piotrowski, 5-0. Give me Zane Richards by Fall to make it 5-6. I got Golubon by major decision to make it 9-6. Give me um, a Fall at 49 and a Fall at... 57, that makes it 15-6, then 21-6. Um, I think Martinez picks up the decision victory over Tenzo to make it 21-9. Give me Hall by decision over Brunson to get, make it 24-9. Um, give me Nickel with the tech fall to make it 29-9. Oh, interesting. Um, I think, give me McCutcheon by Major to make it 33-9. And then a Nick Neville's decision to make it thirty-six to nine, with a Penn State victory. All right, fair enough. So overall blowout, do your thing. All right, let's go to Sunday. Uh, Penn State uh, versus Maryland. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm going down. Another mistake here by Pat Donaghy and Clay. Spelled Terrapins wrong. It's been a. Uh... Been a rough couple of days apparently rough. for Pat. <laughs> rough week, Pat. <laughs> Pat's uh, looking forward to this duel with Oklahoma State and a uh, big tournament season coming up. But the uh, he's, he's got to get his eyes focused on what we're doing. The Maryland Terrapins wrestling squad, coached by Oof. Co- coached by Kerry none McCoy, other than Kerry McCoy, a former NCAA champion for Penn State, um, and. We got a little special feature right coming for Penn State in this one, correct? Yeah, it sounds like Penn's gonna be wearing pink and black singlets, which is the uh, that's the mystery Kale was referring to. Uh, I want to take this time, Clay. Let's let's throw out some of the crazier things we heard that this special thing could have been. Okay, the first one that I thought was immediately that everyone jumped on, and this was not just you. This was. This, Across the message boards, this was... I was adamant about this. I was so sure this was it. Everyone thought, except for me, because I'm a genius, that... Just wait till we get to your idea. (laughs) That Jason Nolf was going to be wrestling Isaiah Martinez on Friday. That was never going to happen, people. Ever. Ever. I really wanted to. I know. Um, Also, uh, what else... 
Oh, oh, Anthony Kesar making his debut, which isn't like that super far fetched. Anthony Kesar. Uh, somebody suggested that maybe Jared Cortez would be back at one thirty three. Yeah, yeah. No, Cortez's shoulder is off his body. That's not. He's not coming back um, this year. That's not happening anytime soon. Oh. Shouts out Anthony Robles, um, but anyone else wrestling without one of their four limbs is probably going to struggle a good deal. Well, not to take anything away from Robles. What he did was amazing, but it also made him be able to make like a super lower weight with like a super jacked upper body. Yeah, Anyways, that's, I agree with you. That's a conversation for another day, but you're spot on there. Yes. Um, what he did was like amazing. It's like the best thing that's ever happened in CW wrestling. I'm just saying, like, there um, are advantages to situations. My uh, what else? genius idea, and you should all listen very closely here because. Well, I I, said, I have one more before we share yours. Okay. I have one more good one. What do you got for us? Someone suggested that uh, Carrie McCoy and Kayla are going to wrestle an exhibition match. That should happen, by the way. Somebody needs to make I know, that happen. I actually should. Um. What else? What else was there? Oh, yeah, that was it. Let me clarify for everyone listening on air. When I spoke to Garrett and our editor, Carrie, who I'm sure you've all read on the site, I put a disclaimer out there. That there was no way that you my would suggestion... If you didn't believe, like, the, if you didn't have some belief. It would have been incredible. And it still would be incredible, and it wanted to happen. But... Oh, it's just, I put a disclaimer saying that, that this was not within the realm of possibility. That, that I did not think there was a chance in hell that this was happening. However, I might have suggested that it would be really, really, really cool if Nick Lee, who may or may not be enrolled at Penn State right now, graduated in December, wrestled at 133 for the weekend. Now, that being said... There are a number of reasons why that's not going to happen. One. No. It was really dumb. One, Nick Lee may not be enrolled at Penn State. We, we, we don't know the, 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 whether that's going on right now. Two, Nick Lee has wrestled approximately four, five live folk style matches this year. Yeah, three, three, we don't know whether Nick Lee can, can make 133 pounds right now. <laughs> He's wrestled. Um, he wrestled recently um, at 141 in Edinburgh. Um, went, I believe, three and three and one or three and two to finish in third or fourth place. Uh, took a loss to former MAC champion Zach Sinnon up at 141. But before that, had wrestled at the Bill Farrell Invitational Freestyle Tournament at 61 kilograms. For those of you who don't do. Um, Kilograms to pounds, that's about mm, 134, 134 and a half pounds. But that was on the day before weigh-in. My thinking was maybe with a hole at 133, Lee could get back down there and they were trying to get him matches in Edinburgh to, it's, it's get, him the, to get him the requisite matches to be able to qualify for a spot in the Big Ten Tournament. That being said, I did preface it that, with the fact that it wasn't going to happen, and it's not happening. I can only hope that Coach Kale takes an hour out of his week to listen to this podcast and is laughing hysterically at you right now. Yeah, um, 
Speculation is dangerous. Don't ever speculate, people. Um, it just makes you look really stupid. Trust me, I, I feel really stupid just saying that. Um, but right. we're getting yeah. black and pink singlets. I'm hu- pumped for it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are pumped for it. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of people whining about it, but too bad. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go down through Maryland. There's no matchups here to talk about. Maryland really stinks, uh, to be honest. Um, um, 125. I'm going to jump in here. Alfred Bannister, uh, known in the streets as Baby J, up at, up at 149, is a fantastic wrestler and is just really, really, really unfortunate that he's going to be a fantastic wrestler at 149 pounds. I mean, he's not ranked. Very, very, very talented wrestler. Okay. Uh, I, I think those of you who have not seen Alfred Bannister go this year, um, his, his match with Zane may not be an indication of, of what you see, but keep an eye on him at, at, at Big Tens because he's a super, super talented kid. He's going to be counting lights on Sunday. Um, all right, 125. Uh, this, uh, Michael Beck, um, not good. 5-10, and 10, that's really not good. Um, pinned by Nick Soriano, Billy Rappo. I'm gonna I'm gonna give George Carper the win here because it's I don't know feeling generous. I mean he could win. The kid's ten and ten. Uh, nine nothing here. Jared Simmons four and ten. Jimmy by pin. Uh, what's that? Uh, Fifteen nothing. Alfred Bannister gets pinned. Twenty one nothing. Um, Justin Alexander uh, or Danny Boychick. Either one's gonna get pinned by Jason Nolf. Here, uh, Justin Alexander, a high school teammate of Nintendo Joseph, by the way. Um, so, what, that brings the score to 6 9, 15, 27 to nothing at the break. Um, Patrick Garrish, sophomore from New Jersey, he's going to get pinned by uh, Nintendo Joseph, 33 nothing. Um, Sam Roll from uh, Lowell, Maryland, 11 to 19 as a freshman, he is going to get pinned as well. Um, I don't even know what the score is now, it's a lot. Um, Idris White, 5-15. and 15. Um, He's going to get pinned by Bo. Um, David Brian Whistler beat out friend of the podcast, Garrett Wesensky, for a starting spot at 187. Um, he'll lose by decision to, um, to Nick Nevels. Um, and Yusuf Hamida will lose by major decision. Or, sorry, not to Nick Nevels, to Matt McCutcheon. And Yusuf Hamida will lose by uh, major decision. Um, to um, Nick Neville. So let's go here. Six, nine, uh, nice. 15, 20, thank you. 21, 27, uh, 33, 39, 45. Uh, I, I'll give McCutcheon a decision. I don't know what I said before. 48, and then 50, and then four for Neville's 52 to nothing. Pensing over Maryland. Yeah, um, that's probably not going to happen. Um, uh, I think Penn State puts up a big amount of points here. Um, I'll give Soriano the fall over Beck, who's really struggled this year to make it 6 nothing. Uh, Rappo holds victories of, a couple of victories over Scott Del Vecchio, who kind of put a, a bit of a hurting on, um, on um, George. George earlier this year. I think Rappo probably picks up the victory here to make it 6-3. 
Um, give me the major decision for, or, you know, give me the tech fall for Gulliban to make it 11-3. Um, we're getting a fall at 149 to make it 17-3. Um, give me a fall for Nolf at 157 to make it 23-3. Um, I think Chenzo probably picks up tech fall at 165 to make it 28-3. Um, Mark Hall picks up a fall at 174, make it 34-3. Uh, fall at 184 for Bowie, make it 40 to 3. Uh, major decision for Kutch at 197 to make it 44 to 3. And then give me a major decision for Neville's at heavyweight to make it 48 to 3. However, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a number of, a few backups actually thrown out there um, for senior day. See, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Kale's last home duel, I think he's going to put the studs out. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Either way, I think uh, Maryland might be in for a, a bit of a world of hurt uh, come up yeah. this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, we're running short on time here. Uh, any final thoughts, Clay? Yeah. Uh, just a quick plug here. Uh, obviously, as many of you know, you can find our podcast on uh, matttalkonline.com. Run by Jason Bryant. Um, many of you also know that Jason puts out a robust, as he would tell you, a very, very robust um, NCAA tournament guide with any result of any wrestling match that maybe you could ever want to know in NCAA competition. Uh, we're talking probably upwards of 150, 200 pages. You want to know... If Jimmy Gulliban ever wrestled the fourth string wrestler for Missouri, you can find it. You want to know whether Zane Rutherford could beat a record for most falls in least time over a span of three years. Probably in there. Um, you're looking at a really, really outstanding guide that, that Jason is selling on his site. We don't get any kickback from this. This is just pure... Um, just, I, 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 I want to let you guys know what a really good job Jason does with this guide. And I, I think should you make this purchase, you will not regret it given the information that you're going to have at hand. And it's a digital purchase, by the way. So it'll be downloaded to your tablet and stuff or your phone. The only or thing we phone. ask is that for the amount of time that JB puts into this, if you're going to make the purchase, please keep it to yourself. Do, do, do not print out and make copies of uh, yeah, of the guide. It would be kind of tedious. But, um, yeah. but again, it's a, it's a really fantastic tool for people who we know are wrestling heads. If you're listening to us talk for an hour a week. To be honest, I don't even know if you can get it on your laptop. It might be on your phone and iPad. So you probably might not be able to print it out anyways. But yeah, buy it. And if you play fantasy NCAA wrestling, which... As a member of the press, I definitely don't. Um, yeah, get it. It'll help you if you win a league. Um, and then when you win, you pay your taxes to the government and everything's good. On that note, go win money. Spend your money on JB's book. And then uh, maybe uh, treat yourself to some Penn State wrestling in the future. Yeah, definitely. Come to Rec Hall. Come drink with us at Whiskers. Yep. Garrett, anything else for tonight? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, go Heels. We are. Uh, Penn State.
Uh, talk to you guys later.